0: Welcome to the Crossview Church message of the week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, welcome, Crossview Church. Welcome to Church Online. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the idea that God has designed us for certain rhythms, patterns for us to live into. We began in week one looking at Jesus' incredible invitation in Matthew chapter 11. It says this, are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What a wonderful passage of scripture. From this we recognize that there is a way of life for us that is not governed by the chaotic or relentless pressures or expectations of the world around us. That we have, that each of these that we've been looking at are rhythms that God designed us to live into, to give us life and to renew us and to orient us to the way that God designed things to be, the way that God designed things to work. So today we're going to look at the rhythm of Scripture Uh, My hope is that you can walk away from this morning with a renewed sense of awe about what Scripture is and what Scripture can do for our life of faith. And I also want us to realize, again, that there's no substitute for our faith than spending time with God in His Word. Through Scripture, we learn about the life of Jesus, the life of the disciples, the beginning of the church, the life and history of the Hebrew and the Jewish people, We also learn about God's intention for our rescue, the way of our salvation, what a life of faith should look like. In scripture, God reveals himself to us. And through his spirit, he speaks deeply to our hearts, our minds, and into our life. This is so important. And as we begin to talk about this important rhythm, I wanna say from the outside that I know that carving out time for these rhythms can be very difficult. And we've mentioned mentioned that in the past few weeks. But Eugene Peterson, in his book called Eat This Book, writes this. I've been vocationally involved in getting the Christian scriptures into the hearts and minds, arms and legs, ears and mouths of men and women. I haven't found it easy. Why isn't this easy? Simply this. The challenge regarding the Christian scriptures is getting them read but read on their own terms as God's revelation. As it turns out, in this busyness of living the Christian life, ranking high among the most neglected aspects is one having to do with the reading of Scripture. Not that Christians don't own and don't read their Bibles, and not that Christians don't believe that their Bibles are the Word of God. What's neglected is reading the Scriptures in order to live. And I can't stress this enough, it's so important for us. It gives us life. The Word of God is certainly a gift of grace that will form and shape our hearts, our minds, our behaviors, our relationships, our worldview, it shows us the way to salvation and more. With all of this in mind, I want to dive into our passage as an encouragement. It's a familiar passage, one that we looked at at the beginning of the summer during our Summer Psalm series. But it's also one that's so important uh, for us to look at again as we think about and talk about the scriptures. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Psalm number one, and it says this, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. So this whole passage is really good, but there are two ideas that I want to focus on as we think about developing a rhythm of Scripture, developing a rhythm that leads us toward wholeness, completeness, life, and shalom. We see these concepts here in this passage, that when it comes to developing a rhythm of Scripture, we need to delight in and meditate on the Word of God. God's word is the foundation of our faith and of our lives. In the scriptures, God reveals himself, reveals his will for us. And if we want to know and enjoy God, the place to begin is the Bible. The psalm begins, oh, the joy of those who delight in the Lord. And this word can also be translated as the blessings of those or the happiness of those. So, wow, right there, uh, Right away, we're drawn in with the implication that delighting in and meditating on the word of God can provide blessing or happiness. Now, doesn't that sound like something that you want in your life? It does for me. I hope this is the same for you as well. So the word which means happiness is this rich, full sense of happiness that's rooted in completeness. Again, it's connected with this idea of shalom. In other words, Scripture can and will make you whole, complete, Put together as you ought to be through God's spirit. Isn't that wonderful? A wonderful image. And that's what God's word does. It works to make you complete whole by revealing who Jesus is, teaching us about God's plan for us. And the way to this type of blessing, to this joy, to this happiness, this wholeness, is through meditation and delight on God's word. But what does the joyful person do? It says in verse two, well, they delight in the law of, lo- of the Lord and they meditate on it day and night. So instead of finding uh, p- the pleasure and purpose in, in uh, other ways uh, of the world or, or fellowship with the wicked, like it says, the one who is truly happy and who finds pleasure in meditating on the words and the ways of God through scripture. Now, the point of the psalm is to say that when you experience the word of God like this, um, as as so delightful and so satisfying that it captures your heart and mind, that it begins to wean you away from the counsel and the path of anything except God. So when you experience the word like that, you get to delight in the experience and, and, and the joy of wholeness. So what does it mean to meditate on the word of God? Well, many people, even uh, if well-intentioned, do something like a cursory reading of Scripture. Almost like, I'm going to read this real quick, check the box, I've read Scripture for the day. And sometimes, I mean, that's just how we do it. Uh, But the amazing thing about God is that even if that is our approach, He can still speak to our hearts. but, But the word meditate here means more than that. This is actually a really, it's really fascinating to me. so I'm excited to share this with, with you. This word meditate is a Hebrew word and it's often translated as meditate. But in its original context, it means to coo, to growl, to moan, to muse, to murmur, to ponder by taking into oneself. Pretty cool, huh? So what does that mean for us? So again, Eugene Peterson in his book, Eat This Book, tries to help us understand this a little bit better He uses the metaphor of the way a dog spends its days focused on eating a bone. Have you ever seen a dog do that? Maybe your dog does this. Eugene Peterson writes this. When we'd give uh, our dog a bone, he'd first get real excited uh, and happy, and he, he wanted the approval of us as he swooned over his newly given treasure. Then after the social aspects of the bone were behind him, the pleasure became solitary. He gnawed the bone. He turned it over around. He, he licked it. He worried about it. Sometimes we could hear a low rumble or growl, like what in a cat would be a purr. Um, he was obviously enjoying himself and he was in no hurry. After a leisurely couple of hours, he would go bury the bone and return the next day to take it all up again. An average bone lasted about a week. And Eugene Peterson goes on to say, imagine my surprise in coming upon the phrase one day while reading Isaiah in which he was observing something similar to what I enjoyed so much in my dog, except that this animal was a lion instead of a dog in this passage of Isaiah. It says, as a lion Or a young lion growls over his prey from Isaiah 31 verse 4. Growls is the word that caught Eugene Peterson's attention. He writes, what my dog did over his precious bone, making those low throaty rumbles of pleasure as he gnawed or enjoyed and savored his prize, is usually translated as meditate, like in Psalm 1. So I think this passage and this metaphor is helping us to understand that there can be more to a rhythm of scripture than just a quick cursory reading. In fact, that's one of the benefits of making a rhythm, some time for us to be able to do this. Maybe meditate is too far, is too too tame a word for us to capture what God's heart is. Meditate seems more suited to what we might do, say, in a quiet chapel but Eugene's Peterson, Eugene Peterson's dog, meditated on its bone by chewing it and swallowing it and using its teeth and and uh, getting it into itself. Psalm thirty four eight says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." So I'm interested in cultivating this kind of reading, the only kind of reading that is appropriate with what's written in our Scripture because scripture is intended to change our lives and not just stuff us with more information into the cells of our brain, right? We need to learn to chew on scripture, to spend time with it, and to let it get into you, into us. So don't be afraid to read scripture, to, be, to ask questions, to not understand what it's saying, to let it get into the deepest parts of your heart, soul, and mind, to just Begin to spend that kind of time with it. Be moved by it. Be angry at it. Be open to it. Let God show you himself to you in ways that you didn't even know that you needed. Develop a rhythm of meditating on scripture. And if we do this, if we're uh, these kind of people who delight in God's word, even if we don't understand it all, then in verse 3 it gives us three illustrations of what happens when we delight in and meditate on God's word. And I want to think about each of these for just a moment. Number one, it says that you will be fruitful. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they will delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. If you meditate on the word of God day and night, you will yield fruit in season. So remember the Hebrew people wandering during the, uh, the dry wilderness, uh, nothing growing, uh, no flowing rivers to be found. This would be a powerful image for these readers from Psalm 1 that a tree teeming with life roots deep in the ground, given all the nutrients and water it needs to life and and to thrive, this could be a description of what you and I get through a rhythm of meditating on Scripture. You will be a fruitful person, not just in your relationship with God, but with others as well. And, And we all know these kinds of people. Maybe we've experienced them in our lives. They're refreshing and nourishing to be around. You leave them feeling fed, strengthened, encouraged. You go away maybe with a taste for spiritual things kind of awakened in your life. And what comes from a relationship with a person like this is uh, it's like a fountain of life. You tend to leave those people thinking, I want to know God like that, to be filled with the spirit like that. Maybe these people, their words are healing and convicting and encouraging, deepening and enlightening. Being around them is like a meal. It's, it's, uh, this is, it's, it's the effect of delighting in the word of God and meditating on it day and night. And we can do that. You can be like that. The second thing is that you'll be durable. The second illustration of blessing through the word of God as we meditate on it day and night is it says that their leaves will not wither. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law. Of the Lord meditating on it day and night, they are like leaves. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they will prosper in all they do. The point here uh, is that the hot winds are blowing. The storm storm is coming. The rain is falling. And all other trees not planted by the streams are withering and dying, but in spite of all of the heat and the drought, uh, the leaf remains green because it's delighting in the law, the word of God meditating on it day and night, and it's it's planted near the stream of life. This person is able to be durable through droughts and storms that it won't shake this tree down. It's deeply rooted and it does not depend on which way the wind is blowing or whether the rain is falling or not. The person who delights and meditates on the word of God is sustained by the power of God's spirit through the word of God. And even when it seems like life couldn't get any worse, the person who delights in the word of God and meditates on it is like the prophet in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. And it says this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle Barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The third thing that I want to point out is that it says you will prosper. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. What does this mean? Does it mean that uh, if you delight in the word of God and meditate enough, your business will make a big profit and your health will always be good and there will be no food shortages or car accidents or you won't experience any difficulties in life? Well, not necessarily. But I don't think that's the point of this passage. While the Bible has much to say about those who experience earthly blessings, it also constantly reminds us that those who trust in the Lord will have their life and purpose here and eternal prosperity to come. And it all comes with meditating on and delighting in the word of God. This is such a powerful rhythm of life. It is grace it is, it is a grace-filled gift from God that we are to pattern our lives around. Maybe you do this already, or maybe you need to recommit to some time in this type of a rhythm. There's no substitute for the word of God in your life. So if we understand that one of the rhythms of grace is one where we meditate and delight in Scripture, we will experience what is referred to in verse 1 as Uh, A life that is nourishing and fruitful for us and for others. A life that is deeply durable in the face of hardships. And a life that will prosper in God's good purposes here and now and all the way into eternity. So when you're carving out some time for prayer, carve out some time to chew on and take in the scripture. Meditate on it. uh, Delight in it and in what God has for us. A revelation from his heart straight to ours. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you that it is life to us. Uh, Thank you that it reveals your heart to us. Thank you that it reveals to us who you are. Uh, It shares with us. It teaches us the truth of Jesus Christ and the way to salvation. So God, help us, inspire us, uh, help us be able to to carve out time on a a regular basis uh, to spend some time in your word. Uh, Help us learn how to meditate and delight in it, uh, that we can find joy in its pages, uh, that we can take it into our our hearts and minds um, as we we meditate on it um, and learn from your heart as you guide us and direct us. God, uh, we just uh, we commit to this kind of a, a rhythm. Um, this is the only place to get this kind of, of thing, a, a revelation of your heart to our heart. Uh, the world doesn't have it, but you've given it to us through your word and through the inspiration of your spirit, and we are so thankful. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen. Let's continue to worship.